0: This is a radio station of the SDC Radio Networks.
1: Lock it on to the best station on the net around the planet on the World Wide Web. The Daily Dose. Don't go anywhere in the mix.
0: While listening to the award-winning radio show from SDC Radio Works, this is Smith, Bits Talk Radio Magazine. With your host, Kenneth Howard Smith. Thanks for listening.
2: Oh, thank you for hanging out with me. Glad you showed up. Oh, got through Valentine's Day. Got through the Super Bowl. Uh, Dr. Dre and everybody. And of course, the numbers are ticking up. The numbers are ticking up before Super Bowl even showed up. But after the show, the 15-minute show that's everywhere, downloads to Death Row Records, all of that
0: catalog
2: is just exploding. Uh, you know, from the Financial Times part of it, trader. They said that they were having issues with downloads. They had to come back at spots. The servers were that busy. There's absolutely an issue with that. So it appears that it's all gonna be good. Now, I've got a, a young lady that you know I love, Amber Ruffin. She's probably one of my favorite new comedians. Not join my list of all the other great young ladies, but she's timely on her topics. And, the family, all you guys hanging out with me for a little bit, I love you all, thank you so much. But I want you to check this out. Brenda Wanda Sandy. Oh, Smiths, Sellers, Olivers, Chases, Blanton Williams, Jones, oh God, is that anybody, oh, Emmerichs, Tarbells, Hang out with me for a little bit to listen to what I gotta talk about. But other than that, hey, you got anything better to do? <sighs> hey. I appreciate you hanging out with me. It's okay. Anyway, so we're gonna get on with Alabama Prisons. The letters you're gonna hear about are from her show, and they're real. Alright. And it's so sad that we have to laugh at things like this. At this time, but boy, I tell you, our heart gets breaks. I mean, we still having these horrible attacks upon our Asian brothers and sisters. Man, what the heck is going on? And what are these people attacking? What the heck is going on? Hate is that rampant or the mental illness that rampant? is going on which means be back to another point with all these sisters in Congress being attacked man why are these brothers up there they ain't doing nothing man they're like sitting back on their hands and letting the, letting the sisters get beat up and mugged and I don't see nobody talking about hey man can we go out on the Play some basketball. Play some hoops. You know. No, man, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, people think about playing basketball is they think about a great game. Oh, Jerry just wanted to go play some hoops. Oh, you know. Ribbon wants to go play some hoops. Look, playing basketball is a wonderful. Well, you get two exercises. You get a chance to wrestle. You get a chance to beat the living hell out of another person. Playing basketball. Basketball is the most dangerous game. That's Oh boy, you can shove him all the way up around, he can walk all on top of him, all the game, game playing basketball, and underneath those hoops, he can get very violent. smile on your face. Got to show as you're getting your butt kicked. So yeah, I'm surprised that the brothers don't. Check again the sisters on the hill. I don't see really anything. I hear some lip service. But I'm not going to say that these young ladies cannot kill on snakes which I'm sure capable of doing but I'm just saying just saying Oh boy Anyway let's get back to Alabama prisons okay and uh let you get out of here. So anyway, this is Amber Reference Chef. Check
3: it out. And we have quotes from inmates inside the Alabama Department of Corrections. You'll hear some tonight, and they are 100% real. So let's start with the living conditions. Saying that Alabama prisons are overcrowded is like saying that Shonda Rhimes shows are slightly horny. Sure, it's true, but it's also a huge understatement. The Bibb County Correctional Facility in Brent, Alabama, was built to hold 918 inmates. It currently houses over 1,700. The Elmore Correctional Facility was built for 600 people and now has 960 inmates. They, There are clowns in tiny cars who hear those numbers and say, that's too crowded. <laughs> now, with the overcrowding and unsanitary conditions in those prisons, it is not surprising that COVID is raging. Elmore, the facility with 960 inmates, had 191 people test positive in one day, which is horrifying. Usually the only time you see that much alarming positivity is when you're watching The Sound of Music. (laughs) Really, Maria? Brown paper packages? That's your favorite? Raise your standards, girl! Maria, I need you to listen to me. If you marry him, you are going to be doing the same job you're doing right now, but for free. Don't fall for it! (laughs) worse, once the prisoners get sick, they are often ignored. Across the U.S., prisons haven't done enough to quarantine sick inmates, putting everyone around them in grave danger of getting sick or even dying. According to the Bureau of Justice statistics, being incarcerated in Alabama is three times deadlier than cancer. And deadlier than cancer is one of those phrases you should never have to hear, like bloodier than squid game or dumber than a Kushner. Unfortunately, it gets worse because one of the deadliest hazards in the Alabama prison system is the guards themselves. An inmate named James said, I've been stabbed four times. I've been beaten so many times I can't even count. None of those stabbings came from an inmate. Not one of those beatings came from an inmate. Now, if you're thinking maybe that prisoner is lying, that's fair. Let's hear from another one. Larry said, the guards are handcuffing these inmates and beating them and killing them. And B.J., who was incarcerated, said of of his experience, the physical abuse is rampant. Rape is everywhere. It is like living in a zoo. But hey, maybe you don't believe any prisoners. Then listen to the DOJ report that talks about an officer who took a handcuffed and compliant inmate out of an observation room, threw him onto the ground, and then punched, kicked, and beat him with a baton. And when it was finished, his supervisor, who had watched the whole thing, said, that's fair. I want to look at you right now and say, this isn't who we are, America, but until we learn to treat human beings with dignity and stop letting this happen in our names, it's exactly who we are. Remember when BJ said living in prison was like living in a zoo? Well, here's the difference. If this had happened in a zoo, people would be rioting in the streets to make sure it never happens again. Don't let a white person hear about a sad giraffe. They will lose their minds. Now, I know some of you might be saying, this sounds terrible, but what does it have to do with me? Well, first of all, the Alabama prison system is the worst example, but prisons all over the country have similar issues. But also, now that they're using federal money to build those prisons, you are an investor. And that means you get a say. So how can you make a difference? Well, the good news is there are already people working on these issues. You can donate your time or money to places like... The equal justice initiative and if you specifically want to help alabama inmates donate to the alabama Appleseed center for law and justice but most importantly we can't just look away because these are our cousins and our uncles and our fathers and our sons they are us hell it could be me i have a best-selling book two tv jobs and my own show but every day i leave the house knowing that if i cross paths with the wrong police officer when they're having a bad day and look for someone to take it out on i could be in jail tomorrow Y'all all all be talking about she shouldn't have been talking to the officer like that, please. America's prison problem is not some distant problem. It's our problem. And I know I said I'd explain all this, but in this one case, I do not know exactly how we got here. I just know that it's time to get out. It's advances in... This
0: is a radio station of the SDC radio networks. The music of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Thanks for listening. This is a radio station of the SDC Radio Networks.
1: Lock it on to the best station on the net, around the planet, on the World Wide Web. The Daily Dose. Don't go anywhere in the mix.
0: You are listening to the award-winning radio show from SDC Radio Works. This is Smith Bits Talk Radio Magazine. With your host, Kenneth Howard-Smith. Thanks for listening.
2: Oh, I'm back. Anyway, did you enjoy Miss Amber Ruffin? And, um, those letters are real, by the way. It's no joke, all right? I mean... while while we was on the subject of prisons I guess let's let's just go one more and this is a little tidbit from Miss Amber Ruffin and uh, it's about Dragnet remember the old show Dragnet that we used to watch during the 50's she explains you know that every cop show that's ever been on television All based on Dragnet, Jack Webb, the Jack Webb shooting principle, just the facts man, just the facts, but every show is written that way, so anyway, we're going to go into it a little bit, so here we are, uh, with Amber's take on Dragnet. Over
3: the years, ads have sold us a lot of really bad products, like this actual real-life ad saying that people who are tired at work should consider cocaine. Cocaine, nature's way of saying, earn more money. (laughs) Of course, we all know that that's not true. A more realistic slogan would be, cocaine, nature's way of saying, I work at a hedge fund and I'm about to tell you my idea for a screenplay. (laughs) Or maybe just, cocaine. like it or not ads can make a real difference so tonight we're going to talk about what might be the most effective and long-running ad campaign of all time these ads aren't running between the tv shows they are the tv shows and the product they're selling is the american police officer for most americans almost everything we know about the police comes from the media After all, most Americans have never been arrested, and in a given year, the vast majority don't have contact with police at all. In 2016, for example, only 24% of residents experienced contact with police. Cops are just one of those things you see a lot more of on TV than in real life, like simultaneous orgasms or Sheldons. Now, I don't know a single Sheldon, but they're on TV everywhere. Now... For the past 60 years, there has been an organized plan to build up the reputation of the police and do it using the thing Americans love most, sitting in front of the TV. It's called copaganda. (laughs) And to understand where it comes from, let's go all the way back to the 1950s to a show called Dragnet. I just want to say that Dragnet would be an amazing name for a TV show about four hackers who are also drag queens. Their names would be (laughs) Lotta Ram megahertz debug and of course their leader auntie virus Call me, NBC. anyway the actual dragnet show was a show about the police and in order to make it more realistic the creator made a deal with the lapd to get inside information but the police got something much better in return because they made a deal that all scripts had to be formally approved by the lapd's public information division before filming began in other words, the police got to decide how the police were portrayed on TV, which is insanely biased. It's like having rich people with attachment issues give notes on succession. <laughs> the results of this deal with the LAPD meant that during an era when 50 Los Angeles police officers brutally beat seven young men in their custody on Christmas, Dragnet instead showed a group of upstanding cops doing their darndest to solve crimes. Copaganda! and. Americans bought it. In fact, it worked so well that the media has done it over and over since. Dragnet became the template for every cop show you have ever seen, from Law & Order to NYPD Blue, from NCIS to Sister Cops. Okay, I made that last one up, but <laughs> it's a great idea, and my sister Lacey and I would be happy to co-star. Call me, NBC. NBC. Copaganda has single-handedly created the legend of the hero police officer. It's also perpetuated other myths that still harm us to this day, like that crime is rising constantly, or that policing is one of the most dangerous jobs, or that black people are criminals. So let's start with the first myth, that crime in America is rampant. According to Gallup polls, for the past 20 years, more than half of Americans believed crime is worse than the year before. Yet, here's what the actual crime rate has been doing. That's right. Crime has been decreasing consistently. The only thing falling more steadily is President Biden.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. So why do we... (laughs) We've all done it. We've all done it. It's great.
3: Oh, so... Why do we think crime is getting worse? Well, according to one study, people's perceptions of the crime rate actually rise and fall along with TV violence. In other words, people think crime is bad because it's bad on TV. It's the same reason that after watching the Great British Bake Off, I think I can make a chocolate souffle because the stupid lying TV made it look true. Now, let's look at the second myth, that policing is one of America's most dangerous jobs. Now, I want to be careful on this one because being a police officer is a dangerous job. And aside from almost spraining an ankle during a song parody, my job isn't very risky. So I don't want to discount the work that they do, but according to data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, being a police officer is actually far less dangerous than other jobs, like being a garbage collector or being a delivery driver. That's right. Cops actually have fewer on-the-job fatalities than the guy who brings you those chicken tenders you ordered when you were drunk. And then when he arrives, reminds you that you ordered them. (laughs) And it's important to get a realistic idea of the dangers of policing, because... One of the major reasons why we can't reform the way cops are trained is because people who watch police shows think cops get into a karate fight three times a week. And even worse, the copaganda may have convinced the police themselves that they are in constant danger, which could be why police officers killed more people running away from them over the past five years than the total number of cops shot and killed on duty. That might also be why since 2015 police officers shot and killed three times more black people than cops were shot and killed by anybody being a police officer is a dangerous job but what might even be more dangerous is being a black person who runs into one and that brings us to our final propaganda myth that black people are criminals how does tv normalize disproportionately killing black people By teaching the public that they deserve it. For example, in real life, black people are 35% of gang members. But in TV and film, we play 64% of all gang members. And when a character is listed as a thug, it's played by a black actor 66% of the time. Now think about that. If every time you see a criminal on TV, it's a black person, you're going to start to think there's a correlation. In the same way that if every time I see a skincare commercial, J-Lo was in it, I'm going to start thinking it's normal to look like this at 52. It's not. (laughs) She's superhuman. She shouldn't look like that. Basically, we've been fed an ad campaign that teaches us that police officers are heroes, putting themselves in grave danger to save us from a crime-ridden country full of black criminals, and that's bullshit. So if we want to make it better, we are going to have to fight against the Copenhagen and start working with the truth. Take it from me, Heisman Trophy winner and current Prime Minister of Iceland, Amber Ruffin. This has been How Did We Get Here.
0: This is a radio station of the SDC Radio Networks. The music of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Thanks for listening. This is a radio station of the SDC radio networks.
1: Lock it on to the best station on the net. Around the planet on the World Wide Web. The Daily Dose. Don't go anywhere in the mix. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh God so why do we? <laughs>
3: is struggling right now to pass a much-needed infrastructure bill, but Republicans are claiming that America doesn't have trillions of dollars to spend on frivolous stuff like infrastructure, child care, and student loan forgiveness. But you know America be lying. America is that friend who's bawling in the VIP section of the club, but when you ask her about the $50 she owes you, America gets all loud and asks you why you're bothering her about an old funky little $50. But... Instead of bottle service, America is buying dick-shaped spaceships that don't even go to space. And instead of $50, you're wondering when you can get some student debt relief. Well, I'm going to sit here tonight and figure all of these problems out, because who knows more about struggling to pay bills and being in debt than someone who spent 15 years doing improv. (laughs) Zip! Zap! Broke! (laughs) Yes, and I'm overdrawn. (laughs) Can I get a suggestion? Oh, I can't afford one? Great. Now, last month, the Treasury Department released a study saying the tax gap, the difference between the taxes owed and the amount collected, is about $600 billion a year, or one pair of Yeezys. Now, that's a lot of money owed to the U.S. government, and the IRS is very serious about finding the people who owe it, but they're not looking where you think they are. According to a report by ProPublica, the IRS spends a disproportionate amount of their time and resources chasing down the people who make the least money. That's right. They go to the poorest counties and look at people who claim the earned income tax credit. That's a tax credit that was created to refund tax money to the working poor. In fact, If you claim the earned income tax credit, you're more likely to face IRS scrutiny than someone making 20 times as much, which is crazy. That's like Batman deciding to let the Joker go so he can focus on some guy fishing without a license. (laughs) So the IRS uses a disproportionate amount of resources to collect the smallest number of tax dollars from the poorest people. But they aren't just looking for poor people, like a cop at a speed trap, they're also on the lookout for people of color, like a cop at a speed trap. (laughs) According to a recent investigation by The Root, people who live in disproportionately non-white counties are audited at higher rates. In fact, the IRS seems to specifically audit places where rich people aren't, like rural Mississippi or any coffee shop that doesn't have oat milk. Now, here's a map of where America audits at high rates. Okay, and here's the distribution of non-white people in America. These two maps couldn't look more similar if they were named Mary, Kate, and Ashley. So, is poor people cheating on their taxes the reason the U.S. government is broke? No. But also, if you think about it, no. First of all, the IRS themselves have said that when they catch people who misused the earned income tax credit... Those people usually cheated by mistake because the law is so complicated, which is ridiculous. Paying taxes shouldn't be more confusing than building an Ikea dresser, because in this case, when you end up with three screws left over, you could go to jail. Second of all, the majority of the money owed to the IRS is owed by rich people who simply refuse to pay their taxes. Now, I'm not talking about tax breaks and loopholes. I'm talking about the tax equivalent of sitting down at a restaurant, ordering a steak, and when the bill comes saying, "Pass." On top of that, the top 10% of income earners who cheat on their taxes or refuse to pay will cost the U.S. about $5 trillion over the next 10 years. That's a trillion with an R. That's right. I prefer to go by the second letter. The rich owe the IRS over 20 times more than poor people do. But the Treasury Department says it's easier to audit poor people. They are literally overlooking bank robbers to catch a customer who accidentally took the teller's pen. So let's go back to where we started. I said I was going to find us enough money to pay for infrastructure, childcare, and student debt. Well... The price tag for the original infrastructure bill was estimated at $3.5 trillion over 10 years. And the Brookings Institute said forgiving $50,000 in student debt for every borrower in the whole country would cost $1 trillion. And the American Families Plan that offers childcare for working families would cost an estimated $225 billion. Now, if you add that up, carry one, the one, that's about $4.7 trillion, which means if we collect unpaid taxes, from the wealthiest 10%, we can do everything on that list and have about 300 billion dollars left over for margaritas. We did it, guys! Woo! Did it! All. We figured out how to solve all of America's problems. I swear, I must be some kind of genius. Either that or the IRS, Congress, and the Treasury Department are overlooking wealthy white people and systematically burdening poor and non-white people with an unequal share of America's fiscal and financial responsibilities. No, America couldn't possibly be that racist. I'm probably just a genius, but at least we know how we got here. Tonight, we're going to talk about prison conditions, and that can be tough because a lot of people assume that prisons are filled with bad people, so we don't need to worry about them. So let me get this out of the way up top. Yeah.
1: Yeah's <laughs> favorite. Oh God. So why do we <laughs> We've all done it We've all done it. It's great. Oh
2: goodness! Infectious laugh. Can't get past it, right? Oh. Anyway, we have to have something to bring up from not anymore our daytime. Anyway, you've already heard a little bit about the, the the prisons already. And, uh, student debt. So here's the last little parody we're going to go out with before we get out of here. Or maybe I should start off. No, this is important. I never get a chance to do this show much anymore because... <laughs> We've got so much other competition on our show. And actually it's not even competition anymore. It's just that as I move about, we're just having more and more variety move in. And they've been out there all the time. And that's all I can tell you, all right? Enough of that. But anyway, here's something on it. AI. Artificial intelligence technology. I'll get a kick out of it. Like I said, this is here just to make you laugh. So hang it in, in there
3: and technology have improved our lives in both big and small ways. From phones we unlock with our faces to devices counting our steps to filters that turn us into talking cats. Oh, I've always wanted to try this. What's the matter, Batman? Don't like a kitty with claws? Technology is supposed to make our lives more convenient and more equitable because unlike people, computers and algorithms can't be racist. But what if they totally are? Let me explain in a segment called How Did We Get Here?
0: Stop waiting to refresh your home and start the transformation today. At Living Spaces, get creative with our huge selection.
3: Now, technology exists to make our lives better, but sometimes things that are there to make life easier actually make some people's lives a lot harder. The problems can show up in tiny, annoying ways, like this story about automatic soap dispensers that don't recognize black hands. That's right. Think of automatic soap dispensers like the TV show Friends. They're clean, they're everywhere, and they're totally unaware that black people exist. But here's the thing. When it comes to technology and black people, it's not just our hands that are getting done dirty. First, let's talk about something called artificial intelligence or AI. That's basically when computers are programmed to do things that usually take human brains. It's how you get personalized shopping recommendations on Instagram or why Google Maps can tell you how to avoid traffic or why anyone who named their daughter Alexa is going to be apologizing for the rest of their life. (laughs) Alexa, I'm sorry. Alexa, shut up. Not you, Alexa. No, no, Alexa, I'm going to kill you. Not you, Alexa. You, Alexa, die. Live, Alexa. <laughs> now, we like to think that computers are neutral, but the fact is AI is programmed by people, and people are biased. Bias is part of the human condition, like love or death or having to whisper ready tidy, lefty-loosey every time you open a jar. But that bias has real-world consequences. Take Google. You know, the place where you search your ex-boyfriend's name six times a day, even though you know you can do better because that idiot only owns one tail. <laughs> In 2015, a black software developer named Jackie Alcine realized that when Google Photos used AI to categorize his pictures, they sorted images of him and his black friend into a folder titled "gorillas." Which is insanely racist. In fact, it's so racist, I give it six months before that algorithm gets its own Fox News show. (laughs) Google's racist AI isn't just a one-time thing. In one experiment, it labeled a thermometer held by a white hand as an electronic device and the same object held by a dark-skinned hand as a gun. Which is unacceptable, because... In this country, the only people allowed to confuse random objects for guns are the police officers. But algorithms that label pictures are just the tip of an extremely racist iceberg. There's also an arbitrary face scanning algorithm that claims it can use AI to find out who is best for a job by scanning their face. There's an algorithm that claims to predict which criminals will reoffend that has been known to falsely flag black defendants as future criminals at almost twice the rate as white defendants. Now, there's a medical algorithm that favors white patients over sicker black ones, which is unforgivable in a system that already treats black people like an afterthought. Unfortunately, in America, getting appropriate health care is a lot like playing chess. When you're white, you always get to go first. That's why my strategy in either one is to just yell, king me and see if I get anything extra. (laughs) But as bad as all those other examples are, perhaps the most alarming use of AI involves facial recognition technology. Recently, a black computer scientist named Joy Blumwini found out that she couldn't get the robots she worked with to detect her face. She couldn't figure out why until Halloween when she wore a white mask. That's when the robots immediately recognized her as a person. Let me repeat that. A black woman literally wasn't recognized as a human being unless she wore a white mask. A metaphor so on the nose it's basically a nostril. It's less a metaphor and more a solid ending for a Jordan Peele movie. And by the way, the only person who should have to wear a white mask to get attention is this guy. We get it, Phantom. You love, your love language is chandeliers and attempted murder. <laughs> but Joy's isn't the worst facial recognition story, because if there's anything scarier than having algorithms ignore you, it's having them do exactly the opposite. Just last year, a man named Robert Williams was arrested for stealing five watches because facial race. Facial Recognition Technology decided his ID matched a photo of the thief. There's just one teensy thing, though. It was not him in the photo. In fact, he had an alibi, and even the detectives admitted the picture wasn't him. But that didn't stop him from having to pay bond, find an attorney, and go to court. And the thing is, Mr. Williams isn't alone. According to a federal study on facial recognition, Asian and African-American people were up to 100 times more likely to be misidentified than white people, which is insane. At this point, you can't even call it facial recognition anymore. It's just a ridiculously expensive machine that tells you if someone has a face. So the real question here is what's causing these racist algorithms and how do we fix it? Well, let me say it again. Computers are programmed by people and people are biased, not just white people, everyone. I know I am. For example, I think that any couple that rides a tandem bicycle is definitely plotting each other's murder. <laughs> That's a bias I have and I'm not afraid to admit it. But in the case of an AI, in but in the case of AI, everyday biases have Life-changing consequences. Basically, the bullshit we put into our computers is the bullshit that comes out. Like they used to say in church, garbage in, garbage out. Can the church say amen? Amen. (laughs) Ha ha, you're a church. So that means we need diverse faces training the AI and diverse brains building it. And if women and people of color aren't included in the AI process, the technology will continue to exclude us or even worse, target us. And we can't let that happen because unless you're a ghost haunting an opera house this should never have to be part of your work uniform over the years at
1: <laughs> oh God so why do we <laughs> we've all done it we've all done it it's great oh
2: Anyway, that was Miss Amber Ruffin helping me out on the show today. Go to Peacock Network or just go to YouTube to type in Amber Ruffin show and you get a backlog. She's one of the first artists basically that was signed to the new Peacock streaming service, which is actually the O M B. C streaming service from a gazillion years, they just refurbished it, kicked off the algorithms, put some new logos on it, cleaned it up, and brought it back, and now it's a streaming service, and it seems like everybody's going into streaming quickly, we tried that eight, nine years ago with this DC, going to all the thrift stores, collecting, buying up all Of the old VHS tapes that we could find at thrift stores, uh, yard sales, and then eventually when a lot of the videos showed up into the Dollar Tree stores. Remember that way back in the early days of Dollar Tree when they were opening up? They had all these movies in a bin and these paper glasses, like three and four videos, three or four movies on these discs. You know, one sided, then eventually they started doing double sided discs, but that was dollar general. They got smart with that. And anyway, I was making a run and I had a collection of about, oh, 3,000 because eventually I realized that SDC television was really going to be a streaming service, and I said, I better get in on this really quickly. So I converted thousands of those, you know, files into digital files. At least I attempted to before my motorhome was burglarized and stolen. So I ended up with about maybe 350, 400 videos. Even to date, I think my total collection... copies is, I don't know probably do less than a thousand copies of of everything and I still get beat up on copyright infringement for like my most famous television show, Magic Town with James Stewart and Jane Wyman I still have a fight with a copyright infringement to us a film that is mine in the archives that is uploaded in the archives under my banner SDC films, but YouTube refused. I mean, I had over 400,000 views on Magic Town, and for some reason, a film as old as me is way past the copyright date. It's in public domain. I claimed it because I cleaned it up and made it. I took it from 4.3 to one sixteen nine. Cleaned up the dialogue. Basically cleaned up the soundtrack. And just made it healthy. We placed a lot of pixels and made it work. And I think it was a fabulous machinery. You know. A simulation on that. You know. But yeah. All of a sudden everybody started jumping over. Then I also lost the rights to my lifeboat. Right now, I'm in a quandary with the original color version of My, Man, Godfrey. They've got several of these films out now that's been colorized. But I popped out with the original color film that was never released, only in black and white. You say, Kenny, how did you get a copy of the original color print of my man Godfrey? The producers. Gregory Got My mm-hmm. fingers on it. We do a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff come to us. Because we're good people and we get the job done. We really, really do. But well, anyway, I'm just glad to, that you ha- hanging out with me just let me laugh because I needed it. Boy, we needed it so bad. Thinking of our of our Asian brothers and sisters. God, man, we gotta stop this. Thinking of all I mean, police officers, you know, both sides of it. We keep saying, you know, the police created their own enemies. What do you do? You know, the police, you know, they just keep dropping matches in the dried field. And the match takes off. They create their own fires. You create their own horrible destiny. They're only men. Men fighting men. They don't see nothing on. But just who is going to. Piss on the tree. You know, they cry about little things, you know. But it's just... The king has no clothes. Hiding behind a gun. after you run out of woods, then what do you do? Call for backup? Hey... One minute, three minutes, four minutes, five minutes under fire. Seems like forever when help is coming your way. Seems like an eternity. Seems like it's never going to end. Will you create your own heaven or you create your own hell as mother would say? Anyway good people thank you for hanging out with me love you all Good want to you I'm gonna hear one more one more laugh out loud from uh, amber Ruffin and the show
1: over <laughs> <laughs> oh God so why do we <laughs> We've all done it, Radio (laughs) Networks. This
0: is Smith Bits Talk Radio Magazine. With your host, Kenneth Howard Smith. Thanks for listening. This is a radio station of the SDC Radio Networks.
1: Lock it on to the best station on the net. Around the planet on the world wide web. The Daily Dose. Don't go anywhere in the mix.